Good morning. It's Tuesday, the 23rd of May, and I'm Govindraj Ethiraj with the core report coming to you from Mumbai, India's financial capital and most rocking city in the world. Here are our two quick reports, theme of the day, and our hmm section lined up for you today. The government makes fresh attempts to allay fears on the demonetization of the 2000 rupee note. Gem of the day, even if shopkeepers don't accept it, Zomato delivery boys will. Meta has to pay a $1.3 billion fine to the European Union and how moving data is becoming like moving physical goods. The theme of the day, how for free and abundant lunches at Google's campuses to continue, your free lunch has to end. And hmm, a Supreme Court panel concludes all was well with Adani's stock. Or was it saying the opposite? This is a core report with Govindraj Ethiraj. Our first report. Many people I know stock up cash in their houses for emergencies. Usually these are medical emergencies and the prospect of having to land up in a hospital at night and pay for admission or an urgent operation. Intuitively, people do not believe that this particular stash of cash should be kept in the bank. Now, this could be because of their relative age bracket or just an innate fear of something not working at the worst possible time. Now, this is based on my simple understanding and observations over the years and not on any deeply penetrated multi-generational countrywide survey. Two days after the government announced it was demonetizing the 2000 rupee note, though carefully defining it as a withdrawal, Reserve Bank Governor Shakti Ganta Das reiterated that these 2000 rupee notes are not commonly used in circulation or for transactions and hence had lost their appeal, if you want to call it that. Reports quote Mr. Das saying quite grandly, that purpose has been fulfilled. He went on to say that there are enough notes in circulation today of other denominations. Even the circulation of 2000 rupee notes, as we have explained, has come down from its peak of 6,73,000 crores to about 3,62,000 crores, he said, according to reports. Now, it is not clear to me what not being in circulation means. Obviously, it is not in circulation because it is being stored precisely for reasons like the one I mentioned above. Alternatively, it is being hoarded as fuel for bribes or various unsavory purposes like during elections and the like. To the question, where are these 2000 rupee notes most likely to be? Well, obviously the latter. In large chests, in secret compartments, in car tyres, behind walls and of course safes. But then, the owners of the latter are also unlikely to stand in line at bank branches in this blazing heat along with you for their daily turn to deposit 20,000 rupees and go home. That being the limit. You can deposit more by the way, but you can't exchange it. The said owners will obviously find other ingenious ways to manage. Now, more reports are emerging of people trying to switch the cash for gold, obviously at a premium. Specifically, if you pay the regular way, then you pay 62,000 rupees to buy 10 grams of gold. If you want to use 2,000 rupee notes, the rate is between 66,000 and 68,000, according to reports. The gold sellers, figuratively speaking, will obviously find other ways to bring it all back to themselves. Another report quotes food delivery platform Zomato saying, 72% of users that opted for cash and delivery while ordering food paid with 2,000 rupees notes since Friday. Now, this also questions, in my mind, the primary assumption that notes are not being used for transactions. They were not used because they were being stored or hoarded or saved, whichever way you want to see it. Anyway, similar stories of innovation and jugaad were circulating during the 2016 demonetization exercise. 
Thankfully, the Reserve Bank has acknowledged that this is peak summer and bank branches should provide shade and water when people line up to deposit the cash. Half the country or more, incidentally, is roasting at over 40 degrees Celsius right now and more heat waves have been forecast. The governor further urged customers not to rush to banks as they have four months and also added that NRIs and others will not face any problem. He also said that shopkeepers should accept the currency. Well, maybe he should try visiting a Kirana shop and report to us what happens. Or maybe he will use Zomato since their delivery boys are being so helpful. While the governor sounded generally accommodative and helpful, it is not clear which NRI is going to make India plans in six months or even a year if she or he is carrying 2,000 rupee notes or storing them. Conversely, I don't see how or why the Aam Admi with 2,000 rupee notes will wait till September 25th, given the trust in the government's intentions on currency management is slipping steadily since November 2016. However, the governor in classic bureaucratic flourish said he would look into all issues and resolve them. Perhaps he could also tell us, if he knows that is, why they chose this particular time of the year and methodology to say goodbye to the 2000 rupee note. Our second report. Meta Platforms, owner of Facebook, was slapped with a record $1.3 billion fine by European Union privacy regulators for sending user data to the United States, a development that was first reported by the Wall Street Journal on Monday. According to the Wall Street Journal, Meta's top privacy regulator in the EU said in its decision Monday that Facebook has for years illegally stored data about European users on its servers in the US where it contends the information could be accessed by American spy agencies without sufficient means for users to appeal. Let that sink in. Now, this fine came on the heels of another big fine of $806 million levied on Amazon for privacy violations in its advertising business in 2021. European Union regulators are extremely prickly on the use and misuse of personal information and data, as I guess they should be. This is yet another signal that the era of tech platforms building products and offerings riding on your data is waning. Now, of course, these companies have to find ways of localizing data even more. But that is a very expensive prospect and demolishes the very economies of scale on which these tech and social platforms are built on. In addition to a fine, Wall Street Journal reported that Meta has to stop sending information about European Facebook users to the United States and delete data already sent within about six months. The decision, though, said Meta, could avoid those orders if Washington completes a transatlantic agreement with the EU to allow data transfers before then. Meta is appealing this order, but it does appear that software in general and personal data movement in specific are increasingly resembling physical goods like boxes on a container ship, bound or unbound by tariffs, geographies, and of course, politics. And the theme of the day. There is a link between the free and amazing multi-cuisine food options at Google's offices worldwide and its decision to start suspending unused email accounts announced a few days ago. First, what did Google announce? The advertising giant started by saying people want products and services they use online to be safe and secure. So, Google invests, take a note of the word invests, in technology and tools to protect users from security threats like spam, phishing scams, and account hijacking. Google then says that if an account has not been used for an extended period of time, it is more likely to be compromised. 
Now, this is because forgotten or unattended accounts often rely on old or reused passwords that may have been compromised, haven't had two-factor authentication set up and received fewer security checks by the user. That's you and me. Most such accounts, says Google, don't even have two-step verification and thus can be used for anything from identity theft to a vector for unwanted or even malicious content like spam. So, from December this year, if your account has not been signed into for at least two years, the starting date was last week, by the way, Google will start deleting accounts. All this applies only to personal accounts. Now, let's back up a little bit. First, remember Google said it invests in security. It also invests in, quite logically, server space, storage farms, talent, offices, and of course, amazing food to keep all this running. If all this is an investment as it should be, then there should be a return on investment. For example, a free Gmail account gets you 15 GB or gigabytes of free storage. Now, tough luck backing up your selfies from your 64 gigabyte or even 128 gigabyte phone. Google gives you an option to upgrade your storage. Of course, add another 85 GB free, if you want to call it that, to take it to 100 GB. No, it's not free because it costs 1,300 rupees a year per user. If you want 200 GB, then it's 2,100 rupees a year and it's 6,500 rupees for 2 terabytes or 2,000 GB and the equivalent in dollars or pounds or wherever you are in the world. Now, this is storage for individuals. Now, let's look at workplaces. Most organizations, including small ones like ours, rely on the Gmail platform to house our mailing system. Why? Because it's efficient and cheap and obviously requires no in-house tech support. Actually, let me correct that. It used to be cheap but it's still efficient and fairly reliable. Now, if you host your organization, let's say abcd.in on Gmail, you will have to pay rupees 136.90 per user per month or about 1,642 a year. This is, did you guess it? Yes, the starter pack for which you will get 30 gigabytes and some other facilities. The next one is the business standard pack, which costs 736 rupees per user per month and gives you 2 terabytes and 150 meetings and video on it. The last is called the Business Plus Package and costs 1,380 rupees per user per month and gives you 5 terabytes of storage and 500 video meets and some other stuff. So for a 10-member organization, you could be paying anywhere between 16,428 to 165,600 rupees per year to run your email accounts as it stands today. Also remember, Organizations have many more email IDs like contact at abcd.in, feedback at abcd.in or help at abcd.in and for vendors and so on. Each one will cost you between 136 to 1380 per ID per month. And this is just a small setup like ours. As you grow bigger, remember that your emailing bills will also grow. Now link it back to the decision to start deleting accounts. Google obviously wants real people who operate accounts to use them and switch over to paid accounts, which they will have little choice but to. Remember the selfies? Now this of course is part of a larger trend of tech companies steadily cutting back on free rides, steadily but firmly in the last few years. So not just has the free ride ended, but the squeeze has also begun. By the way, if you were an investor in Google or Alphabet stock, you should of course be happy. But more likely, you're like me, trying to figure out how to prune the number of email accounts we have. Now, let's look at Twitter, the social platform which also gave away everything for free and monetized or tried to monetize your presence to advertisers. That approach has flopped somewhat so far, but for a multitude of reasons which are not going to go away very quickly. And yet, 
Twitter too has to pay for storing all the content we're creating, even if for free, and protect your account from the hacks and the like. No wonder Elon Musk wants to charge you $8 a month and give you a blue tick in the process. The moral of the story, which I'm sure is quite clear to you too, technology infrastructure costs money. The exact estimates are not clear because the infrastructure could have been purchased at various times earlier and even down. What is clear is that the days of VC-fueled customer acquisition are ending and most of these companies are mature as are their investors and every cent or paisa matters. One estimate I picked up said it could cost Google anywhere between 1 rupee 50 paisa to 2 rupees per gigabyte per month. So if it's 15 gigabytes and all of it is used, then you are looking at rupees 22 to rupees 30 per user per month. Now let me reiterate, this figure could be a little wild because there are no clear estimates that are there in public domain. But think inversely. If Google is giving you 100 GB at 108 rupees a month, or 1,300 a year, then that number obviously helps recover the costs and make a profit and pays for that wonderful food they serve out there, which also means that your free lunch has come to an end. Hmm, as backhanded slaps go, this one is perhaps the smoothest once in recent times. A Supreme Court-appointed panel has concluded that, based on market regulatory bodies, Securities and Exchange Board of India's findings, volatility in the Adani stocks after the Hindenburg research report did not lead to any systemic risk. The events related to Adani Group companies did not have any significant impact at the systemic level, the panel led by Justice Abey Manohar Sapre said in the report, according to a report in BQ Prime. While the shares of group companies saw a significant price decline on account of selling pressure subsequent to the Hindenburg report and may have dominated media attention, the market remained largely stable and resilient, the report is believed to have said. The representation of the Adani group companies in the indices is relatively minor and given the limited free float market capitalization of the group companies, the recent events did not pose any systemic market level risk according to that committee. Even during the event, The market continued to function in a robust manner and volatility in India is on par with or lower than in major developed markets, the report said. So where's the slap, you might ask? Well, think about it. If Adani stocks had wide shareholding, including by retail and institutional investors, the opposite would have happened. Imagine, for example, that Reliance Industries was the target of a similar report. Well, there's a good chance that other stocks too would have taken a beating to some extent and indices would have been shaken leading to more rounds of selling and nervousness in the markets, at least for a while. Guess what? Nothing like that happened, because most Adani stocks are owned by very few investors, which was the point of the Hindenburg report in the first place. This was the core report with me, Govindraj Ethiraj. Do stay connected with more of our coverage at the core you can check out our website or sign up to our newsletter at www.thecore.in that is www.thecore.in or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook as well. Now, we would love your feedback on how we can make business more interesting and relevant to you, including our reporting on India's vibrant manufacturing sector. Write to us at feedback at thecore.in. Thank you for listening.